Hey, I'm Vera Sadlak, the founder of Adore Blends, and you're listening to Women We Adore podcast. This podcast is a space where we talk to and about a diverse array of adorable women adventurers, entrepreneurs, travelers, dreamers, girl bosses, and girl bosses in the making. This is your place to get inspired, so stick around. Hello, hello, and welcome to the episode number seven of the Women We Adore podcast. I'm your host, Vera Sadlak, the founder of Adore Blends. And guys, I can't wait for you to listen to this interview that uh, we have prepared for you. So, spoiler alert, I have pre-recorded this audio, this interview a few days ago, and I'm and now I'm just like recording the intro for the podcast. But I'm so excited for you to listen to this podcast just because our guest shared so much good stuff and good stories in this podcast. Make sure to listen till the end. So right now it's time to roll out the red carpet for our special guest, Melissa Simonson. Melissa is a mom of two adorable boys. She's the GM of the Empower e-commerce cooperative. She's an entrepreneur. She's an Amazon seller. But most of all, she's the woman we all adore and I'm sure I personally adore her and what she does and I'm sure you will enjoy this interview uh, as well so without further ado let's see what we have prepared for you this week hi Melissa hi how's it going Via? good good thank you so much thank you so much for coming to our podcast today I have so many questions that I want to ask you Um, I'm excited (laughs) yeah me too me too but before we go to all of the serious e-commerce questions uh, let's actually play a little game of blitz Q&A so I'll ask you a bunch of uh, easy questions just to get to know you better and answer with the first thing that comes to your mind okay okay sounds good Cool. Uh, Chinese food or Mexican food? Mexican food. Yay. I'm a Mexican food kind of girl myself. (laughs) First celebrity crush. Ooh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You're so, you're so like specific. It didn't take you even like two seconds to to find this answer. (laughs) It was so easy for you. (laughs) Favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Oh, that's too hard. It's whatever city I am currently in. (laughs) Almost always. So like when I go to Las Vegas, it's definitely going to be in Vegas. But before that, this weekend, I'm going to be in LA. And so it's obviously going to be LA. That's my favorite. (laughs) Nice. Pineapple on on pizza. Yay or nay? Absolutely not. It's an abomination. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, Place you most want to travel to? Ooh, Dubai. Good one. And they are wide open. So you can book your flight and go there. I don't know, like today or tomorrow. (laughs) They are back to normal. That's exciting. What's your power song, Melissa? My power song. Ooh, I mean, fight song is a really good one, but I actually like ready, aim, fire. Mm, That's a good one. That's a good one. Cool. Okay. So Tell us more about yourself. Who is Melissa Simonson? Like, what do you typically tell people when they ask you what you do? I tell them that I am the general manager of Empower e-commerce cooperative. 
that I um, am passionate about helping entrepreneurs in general and especially in e-commerce. And I have a special place in my heart for female entrepreneurs um, because I think it took me a lot longer than I wanted it to, uh, to feel comfortable even calling myself an entrepreneur and comparing myself and my abilities to those of my brothers who traditionally, uh, I grew up feeling like, you know, it's, it's okay for them to do that. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I didn't feel it was okay for me to do that. And that's some traditional beliefs that were still a holdover. Um, so I really, I take a, a big interest in helping other women entrepreneurs who are um, wanting to expand their horizons so that they know that not only are they capable, but they're also allowed to. (laughs) That's a beautiful introduction, Melissa. Thank you so much. So were you like exposed to entrepreneurship as a kid? Did you have a lemonade lemonade stand or something? (laughs) (laughs) Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have had my share of lemonade stands and and stuff like that. But um, mostly it's because my oldest brother is Steve Simonson and he is 15 years older than me. Oh, so wow. when he was 30, I was 15. And at that time at 30, he was already being recognized with awards and had about 30 to 35 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and he took, you know, what started out as first, you know, a, a carpet cleaning business turned that into a, an actual retail floor store. And then took that and took that flooring store online. And so he actually had the first online flooring store. And I worked for his company, um, changing the listings and adding installation information and warranties to the listings that we had for the, you know, the carpeting and Mm -hmm. the area rugs and stuff. So my introduction to entrepreneurship was early on. um, But again, I saw it as something my, my older brothers were allowed to do. Not necessarily something that uh, was okay for me to pursue. Right. So you have more than one brother, right? You said brothers. (laughs) (laughs) I have four brothers and four sisters. Oh, wow. So you are one of nine. That's right. Yeah. And Steve is actually the oldest uh, at 15 years younger, uh, 15 years older than me. And I am the youngest. Oh, so you're the baby in the family. That's right. (laughs) That's nice. That's nice. Melissa, I listened to your other podcast and there you told your story about your first business actually. And your first business was not in e-commerce. Can you tell that story? How did you how did you come up to be an entrepreneur? (laughs) Yeah, well, I think because I had such limiting beliefs about, you know, what I was capable of or what I was allowed to do um, and just, you know, things that were limiting me that I didn't even realize. Um, They were beliefs I didn't know I was holding on to. And the ways that they were limiting me, I didn't even see. It was like this this unknown force was holding me back for stuff. Without my knowledge. And so what actually ended up happening was I just ended up needing money so bad that I had to find a solution. <laughs> um, I, I was broke. And I was um, a couple months after having my first son. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just so broke because when I had gotten pregnant, I also got laid off. And then I, you know, months and months of not having a job, it starts mm-hmm. to really um, pile up. And finally, we got to the point where my power got turned off. And I just finally said, you know what? I can't wait anymore. I can't wait for someone to hire me, someone to help me, someone to save me. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of waiting for someone else to solve this problem for me or even allow me to solve it myself in the conventional ways that I've been taught are the right way. I got to just get some money right now today. How can I do that? 
And so I took the $30 that I had in my (laughs) bank account (laughs) and, um, I bought some cleaning supplies and a little caddy and I put an ad on Craigslist and (laughs) I did not die that day as it turns out, (laughs) which is really good news. Um, but I actually posted a listing for a cleaning uh, business and I had someone call, I went and did the job and I ended up with like $150 or so in profit after gas and materials. And so, you know, I used that to, to do another one. And we actually were able to get ourselves out of a bad situation and ended up, you know, that, that business supported my family for like five years. Um, you know, and I expanded it out doing residential and commercial contracts. So my road to entrepreneurship really did come out of necessity. And I don't know that I would have been able to follow that leap of faith or even leap of logic that that was something that I could do or should do. Right, right. And Melissa, you said that you had a bunch of limiting beliefs first when you started doing this like e-commerce or even like entrepreneurial journey. What helped you to overcome your limiting beliefs? What was like the turning point for you? Well, it's funny because um, when you do stuff just because you have to, or because nobody else is going to do it, Mm -hmm. um, you're not thinking of it as heroic. You're not thinking of it as like saving the day or, you know, doing hard things or something like that. You're just thinking of like getting stuff done. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, what actually happens almost by accident, by just doing what needs to get done is that you expose yourself so many times to situations where you have to overcome things that you didn't think you could do mm-hmm. that it's actually almost an afterthought at a certain point you you know you realize of course i can do that i've done that a few times already um and that's sort of what happened in my case it wasn't a giant leap of faith that i had to make it was just a how do i solve this problem right now what can i do right now today to solve the problem that's in front of me in a way that hasn't presented itself so far what's outside the box right that's beautiful. And how did you get into e-commerce? Well, like I said, my brother, uh, Steve, is in e-commerce. And then oh, okay. um, two of my other brothers are in e-commerce as well. And one of my brothers, uh, we have a, a product that we uh, are partners in, in the pet category on Amazon. Hmm. And um, Chewy and a few other uh, resources and marketplaces we sell on. Mm-hmm. So um, it actually began with Steve. He was involved with the Amazing.com guys for a little while. Uh, he's spoken on some stages and he's, you know, he's a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Once he, um, once he discovered the world of online, like he knew the the capabilities, he could see Mm -hmm. it for what it was. And what's crazy is I actually just came across some articles. Uh, I was doing a little video for his birthday and I saw some articles when he was 34 years old, he was being recognized for his um, iFloor.com work where he took his flooring store and, and took it online. And he was urging people to get online, that this was where it was at, that this is where things are going and that mm-hmm. the direction things are headed. And that was like, I mean, 20 years ago, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe, maybe 15 years ago. It was crazy. Crazy. That's, that's interesting. And um, in your, on your Facebook and in your social media, you talk a lot about women in e-commerce specifically. Mm-hmm. And I personally believe that there has never been a better time to be a woman, seriously. Yeah. And first time I realized that when I traveled to Nepal, uh, to uh, I was doing the Everest Base Camp Trek um, thing. And then I met a woman who was actually 
a freelancer there. So she was living in, in Himalayas in the middle of nowhere. And she was wow. working for this platform Upwork. She was doing some photos, photoshopping or like retouching or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's when I actually became like really amazed but by, by all of this amazing opportunities that we have right now with the internet and with the age of e-commerce. What are your thoughts about it? Like, has e-commerce created more opportunities for women? Would you say that? You know, I think it's across a lot of different areas. I, I definitely think that e-commerce gives a unique opportunity because you are being represented as your business name. You don't necessarily, in most cases, have to go into a boardroom or an office or something unless you're trying to get some, um, some you know, some funding or something like right, that. Right. Um, if you're looking for investors, obviously that's a different story, but in most cases you can throw a Shopify store up in a day. Mm-hmm. You can create your Amazon store and nobody knows whether you're a man or a woman and, and they definitely don't care. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but it's different still. Like there's still some challenges that, um, that we face as women. It just doesn't necessarily come from the customer and in like the day-to-day um, where it does in some other cases. So I think, I think in that sense, that has leveled the playing field, but it's very specific mm-hmm. to what that um, affects. I think it's been actually across so many different areas. So, you know, having women in tech start mm-hmm. being celebrated and recognized, having women in science, um, you know, being given scholarships and stuff like that. You know, I know that there are a lot of people who do not like that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have, you know, people rewarded based on their gender and Mm -hmm. some other combination of things. Um, But I think what people need to understand a little bit is that when you go so far in one direction, sometimes you have to veer off all the way to the opposite side of things in order to find a course correction somewhere in the middle. And in order to get more women into tech and science and business and e-commerce, you know, we have to make a larger change. We have to do things that are specifically targeting women and not just trying to fill roles based on, um, on, you know, merit alone. Mm -hmm. I think it should be both. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we should be trying to include women in more cases And I think we should also be making sure that uh, the position and everything is uh, based on on merit in addition to that. Right. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, as long as you have the drive, as long as you have passion, as long as you have like goals and your goals are backed by a good plan, by a solid plan. I mean, you can you can score big. It doesn't matter like who you are and where you're coming from, as long as you know where you're going, right? That's exactly right. And I think, I think you're right that this really is a a very unique and amazing time to be a woman. I actually, so next week on Friday, the 16th, I'm hosting the Empowering Women e-commerce conference Mm -hmm. uh, in Las Vegas and our keynote speaker, Marsha Reese invented sidewalk chalk. She is like this amazing, amazing woman. And at that time, she was an entrepreneur. She was selling a product. So it should not have mattered mm-hmm. what sex she was. It should not have mattered what gender she was. Um, however, she was trying to sell this in Walmart because there wasn't, you know, this is the 80s. There wasn't Amazon.com. There wasn't a bunch right. of other <laughs> places, right? And at that time, even Walmart was just a little baby. Um, they were competing against the big dogs who at that mm-hmm. time were Kmart. 
So, um, you know, she's going into boardrooms and these guys in suits are telling her she doesn't need the extra income. They'll just give her a stipend and she can advise on her brands. But that's really the difference. That's what I'm talking about. I think that's why it's important to give, you know, more recognition so that we can swing farther to the area where we are more inclusive of women. So things like that are not ever going to happen again. You know, um, that should be so outside of the realm of possibility that it's laughable, which I think at this point we're getting to, you know? Right. Right. How do you feel like in generally about all this entire girl boss culture? There is like a lot of Con- controversy around this uh, term, and some people believe that girl boss term it actually reinforces the harmful gender stereotypes, right? Because you've never ever heard a male worker referred to as a boy boss, right? Right. Like, h- how do you, how do you feel about it? You know, I think um, I try not to get too political or mm-hmm. um, or anything like that about it, just because. You know, I feel like whatever feels empowering to you is the thing that's going to motivate you and inspire you to do the thing that's hard to do. The thing that pushes you over the edge to say like this, this is a thing I've never done before, but you know what? I'm hashtag girl boss or hashtag (laughs) boss Dave. I'm going to get it done. And I think that's fine. I think that, you know, if we're examining it culturally, there may be some problems with it, but again, Mm -hmm. small steps, right? As long as it empowers you, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this kind of goes in line with the giant swing to the opposite direction. We have mostly male bosses um, and it doesn't need to be said that mm-hmm. boss means man because it's just been so synonymous for so long. Right. And so it probably does reinforce that by saying girl boss. However, we're going so far to the other extreme to say, you know, we're recognizing women who are bosses and that is a cool thing and lifting them up instead of um, the alternative, which for a long time in corporate life was putting them down. And, you know, instead of calling them, you know, um, I don't know, decisive, uh-huh. they're called bossy, right. Instead right. of, um, you know, they're just totally different terms. So now I think, I think it's an okay thing to do. I think it's a person to person for now. Right. As long as it empowers you, I totally agree with you. Right. Uh, like, what's the what's your biggest piece of advice for female entrepreneurs, especially those who are just like starting in the field? I think the more audacious, the better. Mm. I think <laughs> that's a good, you one. know, <laughs> I think sometimes it feels audacious to do something that you've never done before. And I think even the word audacious, like it feels like something you're not supposed to do, something you're not allowed to do. And I, you know, often it feels like lately have been coming back to that saying, well-behaved women seldom make history. And Mm -hmm. I love that saying, because I think it's definitely true. The people who follow the rules are not the ones who are making changes. And if you are trying to change your life and become an entrepreneur, become, you know, a mompreneur or something like that, you're going to have to disrupt the norm to accomplish that. So be audacious, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, don't stop until you've found a way to do it. There are a thousand ways to do a thing. And many of them are going to be not great, but think of each way that will get you there. Discard the ones that don't 
benefit you or work for your life and then weigh out the remaining options, even if they sound crazy or audacious. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I mean, it can be really scary, especially at the beginning to be audacious. Yeah. Uh, but I think that your circle, your environment really helps when it yeah. comes to making bold moves. And since we started talking about the your closest circle, tell us more about the Empowery. What this organization is about, what do you guys do, and why do you have this organization in the first place? Yeah, so it's it's actually funny. This is such a wonderful segue because, you know, it's very often that, you know, it's your circle of people around you um, that help you decide for yourself, like whether or not you're telling them any of this stuff, it's your anticipated reaction, like what you think they're going to think mm -hmm. about your actions. That's how we decide what we're going to do. How right. is my husband going to react? How is my mom going to react? Does, is my dad going to think that this is too risky? <laughs> and it's our circle around us that helps us make these decisions. And what Empowery does is we provide a community of other people who are audacious, who are entrepreneurs. Uh, we're focused on e-commerce. And specifically, we have a lot of members who are in private label on Amazon. And um, we, we want to help people have a circle and a community where they can go and they can talk about risky ideas and right. things that maybe their family doesn't understand, you know, and that's okay. Their, their family and, and their spouses and stuff, they can, they can be there for the other stuff and we can be there for the things that are, um, that are tricky business. You know, sometimes it makes you feel isolated and alone, uh, especially in e-commerce, but as a business owner in general, you know, it can feel isolating. So making sure that you have a community around you is really important. And that's part of why we started Empowery. Um, the other reason is because there's a lot of different kinds of co-ops. Mm -hmm. There's housing co-ops, there's banking co-ops. That's what a credit union is. Um, there's a ton of different ways that um, people who need protection lean on each other, circle up and, and help each other out. And there wasn't anything like that for e-commerce. And so we decided, you know, the bigger, the bigger <laughs> this thing gets, the bigger e-commerce blows up, the more competition there will be, the more ways that the world will have, the marketplaces will have, the, the laws and governments and taxes will have for squashing the little guys. And we want to promote entrepreneurship. We want to promote small businesses. We want to help them succeed. And so what we really need to do is have a co-op where everyone can come together. And the more of us there are, the louder the voice we have. So that instead of one individual entrepreneur, there are hundreds or thousands of us yeah, coming yeah. together to say, this is not okay. You can't treat Amazon sellers like this, or you can't make laws that say we have to do blah, 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 because mm -hmm. look at all of us. We're all representing the same thing. And so we're standing together. Yeah, it's really powerful having the circle. I I know because for me, the biggest change in my business or in my businesses started when I joined this mastermind group. That's mm -hmm. like when the needle started moving for, for me. And I really love how on your website you say, we believe in doing the right thing, even when nobody's looking. <laughs> I love That's it. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Melissa, tell us a little bit about your personal favorite tools, maybe like apps, books, or podcasts that you can recommend to anyone uh, trying to start um, their own oh. business? Oh my goodness. Okay. If you're just trying to start a business, I don't care if it's e-commerce or 
a tech company or a software company, it doesn't matter. You need to read the e-myth. It's not about e-commerce. It's about the entrepreneurial myth. Hmm. Um, and it is an amazing book. They have, I think, a new version. But that book is still relevant. And I think it was written in the 80s. I read that when I started my first business. I have reread it every time there's a new edition. And even in between, it is a spectacular book. And there's nuggets in there that I keep finding that I they present themselves because they've become relevant based on where I'm at in my business right now. So you guys are going to reread it and and see things I probably haven't even noticed yet, but it's an amazing book. Cool. Cool. The E-Myth, you said? Yeah, that's right. The E-Myth. I'm like Googling uh, Googling it right now. It looks like it's been written in like 90s or 80s, but I'm sure it's a good one. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. And what's, what's awesome is that it actually aged well, you know, that that is very hard to do with a business book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, another book I could recommend would be um, The Power of Habit. That is a spectacular book. Yeah, that's a good one. That's for sure. Yeah. What strategies from that book have you implemented in your, in your life? Well, actually, I really like how they relate um, marketing strategies with human behavior. Like, mm-hmm. I think that just taking a look at that, you know, connecting those dots is so important because you need to be thinking of the habits of your end consumer, the person who's buying the product, when you're thinking about how to sell it to them, your product into their everyday patterns, their everyday routine, they can live without it. Right. Give them an opportunity that's like, oh, when I do this, I need that. Like when I brush my teeth, I need toothpaste. That didn't, that was not always a thing. (laughs) We didn't always have that. No, it was really fun to read that book. When mm-hmm. you have your toothbrush handy, you need to put this on it. And so now it's a habit that we have and a, a frequent purchase that we all use. Yeah, it's a really good book. We will, guys, we will link all of the books and the resources that we discussed in this uh, podcast in the description box. And we will also link, um, Melissa, your website. And the last question, tell us where can people find you if they have more questions or if they want to learn more about you? Well, they can always go to empowery.com slash contact. Uh, you can reach out there and ask any questions about Empowery. Anyone who is on our team, you know, whoever sees that first will grab it and answer all your questions. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Sulin Smiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nickname one of my brothers gave me. Uh, I'm on Facebook. My, my profile is public uh, just because I do so much for Empowery and I am the public face of Empowery. So um, it's very easy to find me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. <laughs> Thank you so much, Melissa. We will definitely link everything in the description. So guys go and check it out. I love your Facebook page. It's, it's so fun and so oh, informative and you're like so active there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to our show today, Melissa. Oh, thank you so much, Vera. I really appreciate you having me. I'm, I'm honored to be on your podcast. And I hope that people got some, something out of this. We sure did. Thank you so much. Take, Take care, care, Melissa. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Melissa is honestly such an inspiration. And I hope that one day we can have her back on our podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Come back next Saturday. We post fresh new content every Saturday. And in the meantime, go to adoreblends.com and leave your email there because I will be randomly picking some people uh, to give my first product samples to. So you'll be among the first one 
to try Adore Blends and to give me your honest, honest feedback. So thank you so much for listening and come back next Saturday. Cheers.